Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Nikki. Welcome to Swipe Fat. Where dating's hard. But dating when you're fat is even harder. Hey, Alex. Hey, Nikki. Nikki. You don't want to call me Nick? I almost did, and then I did the whole thing. <laughs> we were on a Go Love Yourself podcast, and they they started calling me Nick. They're like, wait, is that okay that we call you Nick? Is that okay? I was like, yeah, everybody does. You're good. But she was like, she's like, I have, I've talked to you for 30. Oh, they're British. I don't know why I was doing that. You were doing an accent for two seconds. I know. Um, We've talked, like only known you for 30 seconds and we've already like given you a nickname. I was like, welcome to the club. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, that was really fun. We did this, we did a, podcast with go love yourself it's a Mm -hmm. uk podcast Mm -hmm. um and it's by laura and lauren um laura was on the great british bake-off which was that was a um like i had to keep my cool fangirl moment (laughs) um i'm now obsessed with lauren though i just recently followed her after you know recording yeah and i love her content so much um it's so great but um we talked we had some interesting combos yeah them. we talked a lot about like fetishes <laughs> well oh, they- you can't we- <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> they made it <laughs> ruined it for you they when were-, were on the podcast they couldn't say fetishized I yeah, they- say yeah they couldn't say fetishized I was trying to say fetishization I can't yeah. say it. They ruined it. <laughs> um, so we talked a lot about that, like being a f- having fat fetish and fat preference. And it like it was just really interesting to talk about, like on our journey and then what their thoughts on it. So you can um, go check that out if you want to on Apple or Spotify, just like us. Yeah. Go, go love yourself. Go love yourself. Um, today's guest so I'm going to try to redeem myself with male guests. I <laughs> okay, so. that, was try- ru- that was a rough one. That was a um, rough run. Um, that was back when we drank. First of all, when we, we don't d- drink on this podcast anymore. We do not. Um, because we have to keep our wits about us. We have to How keep I- our wits. But I, was, I also hated him. I know. You also hated him. So... Um, I also hated him and he made it seem like it was so hard to like a fat person. Okay. I don't think that's necessarily what he was trying to say, but I do think it's interesting. Um, and I want to talk about this with our guest today because yeah. I do think it's hard for, I think it's hard for men to like fat women because of their friends. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that's what that man was trying to say that we had on the guest on. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't saying it well, and yeah. it was making Nikki more and more angry. <laughs> so that was why it wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, our, our guest today is Alex Sprinkle, um, and he's um, this guy that Nikki and I both found on TikTok separately and we're sending to each other yeah. um, his TikToks, and he kind of blew up like last week Mm -hmm. um but he's been talking a lot about um being a fat guy in this world um and what that has been like for him from a lot of different aspects but we mainly saw the ones that were about um dating as a fat man so we wanted to have him on and and talk about the perspective of um a fat man I mean we we haven't had that on the show before No. And like, I mean, honestly, I think that there's this perception that dating as a fat man is just so much easier. Easy. Yeah. It's easy. So we thought it would be great to have him on to learn more. Maybe he'll prove us wrong. Maybe we'll be right. Who knows? Yeah. All right. So here he is. Hi, Alex. Hey, how's it going? We're excited to have you today. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. This is a... <laughs> I just got a text from Kelly saying, rude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Alex is shirtless. Alex, Alex, our, our, yes. our, our second male guest ever, we yeah. should say. Oh, first, really? First mm-hmm. shirtless male guest ever. It's out. <laughs> first fat male on the show. Yeah, that's As true. well. So you're, you're yeah. hitting a lot of firsts. 
CEO of the Hot Fat Guy Club. Yes, yes, that is <laughs> that is that. your brand now. <laughs> <laughs> Cal- calendars and T-shirts to come. Oh, love it! We I, gonna, I yeah. want that. I want yeah. calendar. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> It's funny, you know, it's funny. I one of the like weirdest things about my modeling career is I have all like I don't post my favorite photos for whatever reason. I'm like, I'm saving it for something, and then I just do fucking nothing with it. Uh and someone randomly made a joke about like where's the calendar on TikTok? And I'm like, I mean, I have the photos for that. Since we're gonna I like I made a whole lumberjack calendar. Oh, yes. I need that in my house. <laughs> yeah, I want that. On my fridge. Done. Yeah, I need Deal. it. Deal. oh my gosh <laughs> well and also like you have so many photos that you can do all the thirst trap photo um tiktoks with that's not fair you already have them like ready to go fair but i need more there's, okay. i gotta have more yeah okay. <laughs> always there's, more. there's never there's never too many <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> well, we... better at thirst traps than i am so <laughs> you guys yeah can... I yeah I don't smile in photos so that's where you're you're good Mm. I really shine you're the commercial I'm the commercial (laughs) she's editorial this is how we work this is how we vibe you gotta have you gotta have you know you gotta have your Kyoto and your Scudo you gotta have your dark and your light you gotta bring them together that's why it's why the both that's why the two of you are such powerhouses Uh, (laughs) oh my god thank you (laughs) (laughs) well we first found you on TikTok because you know you went viral for something very simple. Mm-hmm. Very simple. A guy was saying that these are like lines to 100% get a girl every single time. And yours, what was your line? I go to therapy and I don't listen to Joe Rogan. Yes. Yeah. I was like immediate, like groundbreaking. <laughs> what a concept, right? Yeah. God, it's the bar is so fucking low that that's all it really takes. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, you have my attention. Now, whether or not you can keep that person's attention is another story, but at yes. least it gets you, gets you the first yes, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the bar is really set low. We, we talk about that all the time. We want, you know, the bare minimum would be nice, but we were, that's even hard to find. <laughs> yeah, it really is. We, it was funny. My partner Kelly and I, we live in New York City and we were, we were in Manhattan on a weekend night for the first time in a long time. We live in Brooklyn and uh, we hadn't been around like the, the Manhattan dude bros in a while. Mm. And there were these two guys walking across the street trying to go to 530 or 235th Avenue, which is this rooftop bar. There is a line of like 120 people. And this dude's like, no man, 235th is the best bar in the whole city. And we look at Kelly and I look at each other. We're like, go literally anywhere else. Yeah. Like they're trying to like stunt with, they're they're trying to look cool for these girls who like, definitely do not live in new york city and i'm like oh you poor things oh why are you here <laughs> you can do so much better so much better that bar's also been there for like since i lived there that was like right 15 years ago or something yeah there's better pla- especially now there's better places to go uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that place is just like wrecked now <laughs> 15 yeah. years like no way no way i'm still stuck on the line i don't know how anybody stands in a line yeah oh uh, yeah we don't wait in lines doesn't yeah. happen anymore nope. no 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 we're too old for that <laughs> we're too old for that nothing is worth it no no maybe like maybe like a donut <laughs> a, no, a, a donut for me no well guys you got to pick your thing what's the thing you stand in line for mine's nothing. a donut <laughs> nothing I like the only thing I'd stand in a line is like if I for, had to stand in a line to help my dog. Oh man, yeah. for me it would be food. Oh no, like bar- really good barbecue. Can't or, you get it delivered? I mean, I, no, this is no. <laughs> All right, I digress. This is. It also just depends on like the 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 length and timing of the line. But yeah, not what we're here to talk about. No, no we're not no, here we're to not. talk about standing in a line for food. <laughs> <laughs> I really like food. Uh, don't worry. Okay. Anyway, don't we all? <laughs> the the other TikTok that we saw was about um you saying that you were like the secret guy. Or... Yeah. Uh yeah. So I mean there were there were a couple of things. So I had three videos go by vi- go super duper viral. The first one was that I go to therapy and I don't listen to Joe Rogan, which was just a joke. 
the second one was this big tall dude uh who's like whole shtick as he goes around to women and he says if i was skinny would you date me mm-hmm. and i went on the whole that that got that went crazy viral mm-hmm. like fucking instantly it was i had to turn my notifications off it was crazy um and it it, it like that is a thing that I very firmly believe. It was like, it, it, we we exist with our flaws 100% of the time. And like when I was younger, before I kind of had, the, before I got into modeling and like did the first photo shoot that turned my self-perception completely upside down, um, I had this mental image of myself of this like, like imagine, like take Danny DeVito and just like squish him even more with like the penguin makeup and add 500 pounds. And like, that's the mental image that I have of myself Mm -hmm. because of what other people had said to me. And like, I am my own worst enemy because I would hear things that my parents, my coaches, my, you know, directors, my, my bullies and everyone in my life would tell me that I was inferior for one reason or another, because I was fat. And I took all that internalized it. And then, repeated it back to myself as if it was truth, thus turning myself into my own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until 2015 when I like went through this whole transformation uh, where I finally realized that my perception of myself was completely inaccurate. And the things that I perceived as flaws that I thought everyone else was hyper aware of wasn't true. I was the only person that was hyper aware of it because I existed with my perceived flaws a hundred percent of the time. What really clicked everything for me then was realizing that everyone else is just as caught up in their own bullshit. And the people that try to weaponize your own body against you are the ones that you one most know to stay as far away from as possible. And two, they are only reflecting back their own insecurities on you. So they don't have to deal with truth. And don't have to like see themselves for what they're afraid of. Right. Um, and I went on this whole rant about how fat guys are hot guys. Like we uh, like hot fat guys exist. Hot fat women exist. Hot people exist. It does not matter the shape or size of your body. Like if the content of your character is fucking aces, it's not going to matter. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it, you're not going to sustain a relationship with only your looks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I went on a whole tired about that because I, I, you know, you look at like the state of masculinity in 2022, and I think it's a fucking minefield for young men right now because there are so many people like Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson, yeah. Andrew Tate, Alex Jones, like the whole, the whole meet like far right media empire. There's all these different little gateway drugs into it. And it just takes you down this rabbit hole of like, Hey, you're this. So you're entitled to this and the world fucking owes you this and you don't have it. And you should be angry about that. And these are the people that are keeping it from you. And And women are the people. Women. Well, women are the people. So we'll, yes, a thousand percent that. Yeah. Women are the enemy. Uh, those, those fucking liberated liberal feminists with their wanting to have basic human rights. God damn it. Um, I, I think a lot, I talk about this with my other male friends in New York city who like aren't pieces of shit. Uh, how for me personally, as like the fat kid who was made fun of a lot and like had no luck with women and like a lot, like in high school, a lot of girls that I liked played horrible fucking tricks on me and like i'll tell you remind me to tell you the peking duck story um like i would always think that there was some like secret ulterior motive there was like some force working behind the shadows to screw me over and ruin my self-confidence and and self-esteem yet again there was always some like sinister plan and action and it is very easy to take those feelings that and and that like perceived injustice that the world is putting on you only Mm. and falling down that rabbit hole of being a self-hating person and hating everyone else and you know falling into incel culture and all that and I think it's a it's a there are not good male role models in the world that exist right now there are only bad ones I feel like well I think that's I think that's really interesting because it's kind of goes into the one of the questions Nikki and I had which is like it feels like a lot of the hate that we see at least on our TikTok and stuff is like 
larger men making fun of larger women. Yeah. We see that a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's this, like, I don't know, we feel like fat men don't want to date us. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, is it because they've been to like, we, I don't know, some woman made fun of them at one point. I mean, I don't know if you're going to know the answer to this large ass question, but it's sort (laughs) of like, you know, maybe it is because of that, but it feels like most of the hate we get Mm -hmm. is, is from larger men. Yeah. Or it's people telling us, well, you wouldn't date a fat man. Like kind of, it's like, well, they don't want us. Like that's what it seems like. I, okay. So two things here. Thing one, the things that we personally are most insecure about that make us feel the most like we are out of control are the things that we seek out in other people to attack does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the other reason that like bigger guys would target women such as yourselves who are confident, charismatic, um, secure in what you are and who you are. And you've actually done the work to get to this point, especially where you can share that message with other people and be really honest and vulnerable about your experiences. That's fucking terrifying to -hmm. someone who's never done that work. Like seeing that first little glimpse of light through just the panic cave that they've created, shutting everyone else out. I mean, I think that a lot of them have just really internalized the fact that so many people in their lives have told them that they're a worthless, fat piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And then they see that and want to, want to, you know, divest themselves of that pain that they've internalized and give it to other people too. Yeah. So maybe um, it's like not wanting to deep dive into it too, because I, I have had people like message me and be like, Hey, maybe the reason you don't have a partner is because you talk about how fat you are all the time. Like no one wants to talk about that all the time. And mm-hmm. it's kind of what you're saying too, is like, maybe they don't want to deep dive into it. Like maybe they don't want to have to have those conversations. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do think that they're like really necessary conversations to have though. Yeah. It's not the average fat person's having conversations about being fat all the time. Right. You know? Cuz cuz at the end of the day, like we are like we're we're so lucky to have bodies and exist in the universe. Maybe not in this timeline cuz this is the worst fucking timeline. <laughs> but but I like I I think about the, I I'm I'm I do a lot of psychedelics so I think about this shit a lot where it's like at, at the end of the day like we were attacked just for existing when we were little kids Mm -hmm. for me personally it was from both of my parents like the people who were supposed to protect us and keep us safe and like constantly being reminded that i'm different for this thing that i have no control over at this point in my life and that the closest thing that i've had to you know, your body is your home. It's your consciousness's home, right? Mm-hmm. And we're told constantly that the home that we exist in is fucking broken, wrong, worthless, ugly, like needs to change, needs to do this, needs to do that. And, and we feel constantly unsafe in the home that we have for our whole lives. And we then mm-hmm. conflate that with who we are as a person. Again, I'm only speaking from my own experience, right? right. We conflate that with who we are as a person And we create this very unhealthy mental image of who we are and internalize that and believe that it's real. And the work of like actually facing the person that you are without the story that you've told yourself about who you are for your whole life is fucking terrifying. And it was something that was extremely difficult for me and took a super fucking long time to finally work through and get to the point where I'm at now where I, you know, can articulate the way I felt and how I got through it. And I think that having those conversations about like what our deepest fears are uh, for me, it was that I was unlovable because of the way I looked. I think that's the most plus size people's. Yes. And so that's the big fear is like, I'm, I'm unlovable because of the way that I look. Mm -hmm. And I think even even dipping a toe into that vulnerability of giving a part of yourself over to someone who's actually willing to give that 
to you is very scary. And I think that, you know, openly like being with someone being like using the two of you again, as an example, like people who are actively doing the work is scary because they don't want to do it. And like being around someone like you opens the door for that and go diving into their deepest vulnerabilities. And that is scary, albeit fucking necessary. Yeah. Well, and I mean, patriarchy, like tells you not to be vulnerable. Also that, I mean, that's a whole, yeah, that is a, that is a (laughs) whole other conversation of just like, take your feelings and fucking shove it down here and pretend you're fine. (laughs) Right. And that always ends really well. That always ends so well for everybody. So well, especially in America with all these guns everywhere. So good. So good. (laughs) So good. Oh man. I mean, it's, I find it's, yeah. Okay. Well, it's super interesting. I was just going to go on a tangent, but my dad just finally is in therapy and it's so interesting to hear him talk about some stuff now. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. he's like a seven year old man. It's just like, man, if you had been able to process this stuff when you were younger, like think about that. I mean, I, I made another TikTok that went super viral talking about like having the context of my mother's relationship with her mother and how that made our entire relationship make sense. Mm -hmm. But mm-hmm. like, of course, I can't know that when I'm a kid, you know, that only that co- that only makes sense in context when I'm 30 years old, not when I'm six. Right. Right. I don't understand why my mother's cold. I don't understand why my mom doesn't. It, why it seems like she doesn't care about me. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's like we don't have that context until we're much older and we have to sort through it. So good on your dad. Like I also like I, I actually I happen to see a thing today, like one of the biggest issues with men in their late 20s, early 30s is loneliness. Um which like I said before, like my best friend and I don't get to see each other often, even though we live in the same city. So we had to make an, uh, an excuse um, to see each other every week. So we started a stupid podcast about house, of the dragon and Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, you know, a lot of male friendships now happen through like video game friends that you never meet or, you know, online and chat rooms, this or that. There's like not environments for men to go out and make friends because we're told that we should be going out trying to get pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Get laid, do this, be a man, fuck chicks, get laid. Like, like, uh, not to go back to like TikTok, but I saw a TikTok about like this guy who was from Australia and he came to visit here and he mm -hmm. was talking about this. He's like, my friends and I go out just to hang out. Like, it's just such an American thing too to like go out and like fuck women. Like it's mm-hmm. like that's the nest that's the end result that you want. So my self-worth was tied into how much female attention I got for a very long time. And like to be completely honest, still is. Like that was something when my partner and I were talking about opening our relationship and polyamory and all that, where I was like, there is a certain degree of validation I get from meeting new people. And like going through that whole dance and like vibes and energy and like, you know, first kiss sleeping together for the first time. Like I, that is just like something I need to feel like a person. Mm. Um, And I've, I've kind of untied the tapestry of like needing to get the validation from another person by getting, by sleeping with them or whatever to like, feel like I had worth in the world because that's what it really came down to for a long time was like, Mm -hmm. okay, people want me, even though I'm like working so hard to put myself in the places to do that. Like having that validation of like, I have sexual value, even though that's it, 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 like, it's a stupid thing, but it's not because it was like, so I had no other place to get any validation than that for a very long time. So I think like we've always thought like dating as a fat man's easier, but all, all these experiences you're saying are experiences that we have. Like, yeah. it's exact, so much easier. Yeah, <laughs> it's e- like it's so much easier for me to over sexualize myself and just like hook up with a guy than actually like be vulnerable and like and open up to them. And I think like a lot of women, they just like if a guy finds them attractive, then like there's they're validated by that. You're like speaking everything we've all gone through. A, a question that I have purposefully avoided on TikTok because I have, again, I, I want to be really careful about not putting my foot in my mouth mm-hmm. because I, I, I do understand how important it is to have a platform and to be a good male role model. And also my followers are 91% women, which is hilarious because like all the Rogan dude bros in my comments are like, no, you're fucking wrong. And then all the women are like, take my underwear. <laughs> 
I'm like, guys, I've got the answer for you right, right fucking here. Exactly. But the the video, the if I was skinny, would you date me video? There are hundreds of comments on that video of like, it's not the same for women. It's not the same for women. If only it was the same for women. And it's, it's not the same for women. It's infinitely more difficult for women in the dating field for an infinite number of other reasons. Number one, you know, if you date men, you're dating men, like number one, like number two, you know, everything else that has to do with living in 2022 in a post row world. And number three, the inherent misogyny and patriarchy that exists within the dating world. And now all of these other outside forces saying women are property, like the more money you have, the more female attention you're going to get. Like, and you know, you should only be doing, like, you should only be doing this, that, and the other thing. Like we are fucking bombarded with this shit that says you're a worthless piece of shit. If you're not rich and you don't have a supermodel hanging off of your arm mm-hmm. um, versus, Hey, find someone that actually makes you feel good inside and you're attracted to, yeah. and you enjoy being around, like get your fucking ego out of the way and find someone you actually like. Right. Um, so it is uh, it, like, it is a million times more difficult for larger women than it is for men. There is like no argument there. Watching that video like um, is like painful for me mm-hmm. because and I don't, Nikki, if you felt the same way, but it's like this guy's like going up expecting this answer to be like, no, I won't date you. And all of these women are like, yeah and it's like disbelief that they're even being asked it and it's Mm -hmm. like if I had to do that to a guy I'm sure it would all be no's except for maybe one or two and that's how like we feel all this that's why we always say that it feels like we have this like shallow dating pool because Mm -hmm. it like you know someone has to be really confident in themselves to want to date a larger person because Mm -hmm. you know they can get made fun of by their friends or and that's it right yep (laughs) yep i mean that's not the only thing but that's a big part of it it's Mm -hmm. ego it's it all comes down to ego yeah of like i i need to be validated by the person that i am dating and like i i also think like the the that video in particular is interesting like if you were the person that was asking it like you're going to get an egoic response from every single person that you ask because mm-hmm. also you're in the con like it it, 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 it it just is that just it yeah it's just fucked up i mean there's no other way of saying it it's just super fucked up and i mean it, like we don't have we as larger people do not have examples of in like especially in like movies and tv which i think is the most important medium for acceptance right of like you know building acceptance is like we do not have we don't have a fat james bond type character we don't have a fat bond girl character like we like you know that using those is like the typical archetype of like the beautiful sexy. man the beautiful yeah. woman sexy hot meanwhile that that shit's really fucking frustrating of like us always being the funny fat friend or the butt of the joke or the, or you know or like the bumbling frumpy person or you know or the hopeless idiot like it, it it's it, it's about fucking time that we get you know two sexy leads two sexy fat leads in opera it's the same problem like I, mm-hmm. i'm a professional opera singer it's the same thing in opera the last like 20 30 years in opera they wanted more realistic portrayals of the characters on stage so they wanted you know they wanted hot baritones who could take their shirts off they wanted like young good looking sexy tenors and sopranos that look like movie stars didn't matter what they sounded like so now opera fucking sucks and the the product being put on stage is shit even though the stereotype of your most famous singer ever is fucking 400 Luciano Pavarotti who could actually fucking sing and now you have all these little skinty twinks on stage who can't do shit like like it's the same shit everywhere like come on what the fuck yeah you know and it's like in fashion too you look at like you know there are some brands that are doing big and tall stuff um but for the most part it's an afterthought they don't have our sizes in stores like we we are basically told everywhere we go that we are unwanted in society as fat people so us being comfortable and sexy in our bodies and being uh being as outgoing about that as we are in general is an act of 
not revolution, but like is an act of defiance to the world that we live in of like, fuck you. I'm not going to adhere to your shit. I deserve to feel good about myself. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's super fucked up. Like being in New York, especially is really interesting. Cause I think that people here, especially in the, you know, like queer polyamorous kink circles that I exist in, mm-hmm. that people are a lot, there's a lot more demisexual people who like get, get off more on the person's personality and the content yeah. of their character versus their meat sack, um, which is interesting. Like I, okay, so here, here's the story. Um, the, in 2017, I got a call to be in this music video for Steve Martin's bluegrass band. Oh, cool. And I thought this was like a nothing thing. And I show up and Bill Hader and Cecily Strong are the two stars of this music video. And I was like, okay. Uh, and they cast me as the hot guy. What? And I'll send you guys the link to this. Yeah, it was the first time I'd ever been cast as the hot guy in my entire life. I was Cecily Strong's date in the, oh. in the, in the music video. And I was like, what, what is, what is, what is happening here? <laughs> is this a joke? <laughs> is this a, is this real? What the fuck? Like, yeah. Um, and that was so like, this is when I was first getting into modeling and when I had, you know, when I was starving myself to lose weight after a breakup and became, you know, quote unquote, conventionally attractive for a time. Um, which was fascinating considering how fucking differently people treated me after I lost 175 pounds. Yeah. Um, and now that I've gained it back, they've like gone back to treating me not the same as they did before, because I don't let that happen Mm -hmm. as much as possible in a lot of cases, but very similarly to that, which was always interesting. So, uh, here's a worst first date ever story for you. Please. Um, I, am a hoe and i have slept with a lot of people primarily because for a time when i was really hurting i was very much seeking a lot of validation in the way in which i thought it was having sex with as many people as possible and after my partner and i opened up our relationship last year i was living in the hamptons in new york which sounds a lot more glamorous than it was. I was there teaching chess to rich people's three-year-olds living in a mold-ridden house. So I was on Tinder, Hinge, whatever, while I was out there. And I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, find people. Because also I'm like living in my partners in New York City. I'm in the Hamptons alone with my dog. So I'm looking for someone to do, to do anything with. And I match with this girl. And uh, my height is listed in my Tinder bio. Also, I am a very findable public figure and my Instagram is connected to my social, my, my dating profile. Right. And uh, we go on this date, we go to the beach and I planned this whole thing. I had a blanket. We were going to do a sunset picnic on the beach. I had two glasses of wine. I had dinner that I had made. It was my night to cook for the house. And so I made this Wait, Alex is for- like so excited about your first date. And I'm like, that's an intense first date. Oh, I want oh, that I date. Like, yeah, it was like super chill. I made like little knocks. It was like real cute. Because again, Sounds I'm amazing. a fat guy. I have, I have to put in 10 times more effort than like the skinny no. hot guy with a lot of money. Hold, so we'll get there. Hold on. We'll get, to, hold, okay, okay, we'll, we'll okay. get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Right. Yeah. So I go, to, I go there. Uh, I get to the beach. I've got my bag of stuff. I park my car. I see the girl. I walk up to her, give her a hug. We start talking. We start walking down the beach and we make it maybe 50 feet onto the beach. And she like stops walking and she's like, can I be really honest with you? It was like, of course, always. And she was like, uh, I'm just like really in a physical place right now. I'm like not looking for anything super serious. And in my head, I'm like, great, we can skip all this shit on the beach. Let's go fuck. Um, and she was like, you're not as tall as I thought you were. And you're really fat. So I'm going to go home. Dead ass. No, no. Oh yes. A hundred percent. No exaggeration. And like, I'm a man and this is 2020 summer of 2021. I'm a man. This is like recent. I I cannot have an emotional response to this. Right. Like the only right thing that I can do in that situation is say, okay. And walk away. Yeah. That is the only acceptable response to that. I should have called her a bitch and been like, that's fucking rude. Yeah. That's rude. But like, that's not, that's not okay. You Mm -hmm. can't fucking do that. So I get in my car. 
and there's no fucking cell reception anywhere in the Hamptons. So I try for 10 minutes to call Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally get her on the car because I like just talked to her that I was leaving to go on the date. And I get her on the phone and I told her what happened. And I am livid. Like uh, th- that, that is the single thing that I am most insecure about in the world is a pretty girl telling me that I am too fat to play. Like that has always been my, that has always been one of my deepest insecurity. And for that to happen in such a visceral way, like right in your face, like, Hey, fat ass, get out of here. Was crazy. I was, I was genuinely shocked by that experience. Cause like I have dated, I have dated and slept with every single type of person under the sun. You like, I, I am, I am not, I, I am, you know, like give me, give me the person with a great character. Like, and I would never do that to someone yeah. ever. And I've never had anyone do that to me, especially not in New York city. Like, yeah, of course it happened in the fucking Hamptons. <laughs> Shallow ass pieces of shit. Have but you like, ever gotten the look before that though? What do you mean? Okay. So we like talk about the look. It's like you go on mm-hmm. a first date and you walk up and like their face just like Changes. drops with disappointment. Maybe probably. <laughs> I mean, I mean, being told that you're not, you're fat and not tall enough is, I mean, and I've never had that happen. That, yeah. that, that, I'd rather have the look like 20 times over than have yeah. the words said to me. But I was just wondering if like, that's the first time you've been rejected like that. It's not the first time I've been rejected for my weight. It's definitely mm-hmm. the first time I've been rejected that directly. I'm yeah. just like, go fuck yourself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've sh- I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happened. It's maybe not something that I clocked or I just like chose to ignore it in the moment. Yeah, let's go think, with. Yes. I do think I do think part of it is because I feel like, in my mind, um, and this is just me thinking out loud, right? Like this, I'm not an expert, but um, that I feel like women can change their minds more than men can when it comes yes. to, like you know, like if I sat down. And I'm like, okay, he's not like my total vibe, but let's, let's see what happens. I feel like my mind can be changed, but I Mm -hmm. feel like with a man in my experience, it feels like their mind is made up and then they don't change their mind ever. Yeah. And then that, that goes with anyone or anything, but also that they decide right there. And then if they want to like be serious with you Mm -hmm. or if they just want to fuck you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I think another thing that happens too, I have a model friend in, in New York who's a, a you know, like a, a, she's a very large person and she is so fetishized by men. Like they don't even see her as a human being. They literally just yeah. treat her like she's an object. Yeah. Um, and this person will like very regularly post the interactions she has with men on dating apps where I think that a lot of men, um, I would be curious to hear about this in your guys' in, in y'all's experience. I, I think that a lot of men think see larger women as an easy win. Yeah. To like give them the confidence to get the girl that they want mm. kind of thing. And then they harbor that much more resentment when you have boundaries and standards and you're not mm. just gonna be their little fuck doll. Yeah. And do what they want because you're not desperate for their shitty attention. Right. Yeah. I mean that's um, you definitely see that because you get the like if we don't like bow down or whatever, even in a DM or on uh, Bumble or whatever, if we say mm-hmm. something that we're kind of like, no, thank you, or not for me, but thanks, you know, even if you're nice, fuck you, it, yeah, fuck you, yeah. you're fat, you're fat you're anyways, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're like, so ugly. I wasn't interested anyway. I was, fuck I was you. fat earlier. <laughs> right. My mom never loved me. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there is um, this like well I don't think there is the stereotype that fat women are easy because we don't we lack confidence yeah there there's not that stereotype for fat men though no well fat men are just regarded as unfuckable until recently Mm. that was the that was the other thing like I was convinced hat part I will (laughs) I've never actually told anyone this uh uh half of the reason I became an opera singer was because, oh, Italian women love fat guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's either be a fat opera singer or be a fat rich mob boss. Well, 
Like it's <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid, right? But um yeah, unless you're rich or a comedian, you yeah. have no worth as a fat guy. Like right. only until recently have we started to be seen as like actually sexual beings. Mm. I, I think that that's probably a better circumstance to be under than being fetishized and, and you know, treated like a non-human. Mm-hmm. I think uh, maybe, maybe it's because we live in the Midwest, but I feel like I always have seen like a lot of thin women with larger men. I don't know, Nikki, thoughts, feelings. That's, that's I mean, that's what I see. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's because we're in the Midwest though. I don't know. But um yeah, I mean, it could be. Uh, yeah, I, uh, who knows? I, I have no statistics about any of this. I know none right? of us. Like, I'm only, like, I'm only... There's that famous couple on um, on TikTok, mm. and he's fat, she's thin, and everybody's like, "Well, you're she's only with you for your money," but like he doesn't have any money. Like, but that's like what everybody throws. It's right. always like it's always for some kind of social currency. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did a whole episode on this. The social currency thing is so interesting to me. The social currency thing is fucking crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Because it, this, this is, it's the same way with fat women with skinny men because they're, you know, I don't know if you follow Alicia, um, Mc, I can't remember her last name, McCarville. I don't know, but I'll, I do not, yeah, but McCarville. I'll her. She's great. She's um, married to a very fit man. Um, mm-hmm. And she makes a lot of TikToks about um, like, you know, talking back to bullies and stuff because she's just like annoyed that she's supposed to like not say anything. Um, but people are always kind of like, oh, like she must be really good in bed or like over-sexualize her or yeah, that she has a lot of money. So it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Sort of mm-hmm. like your value isn't as good as this value. So what do you have that makes you more valuable? This whole like mm-hmm. social currency thing blows my mind. Yeah. Because I, we didn't even realize that we kind of did it. Mm-hmm. Like you know I want someone who has like a really good job or it's something that makes me better because I'm fat so I need someone who's going to make me better you know interesting that is and maybe for me it's not looks but you know it might be something else yeah like right. I wanted somebody like, who was super really interesting. successful yeah or super interesting. right he needed to be interesting or artistic he needed to teach me something like a weird like you know he had to be like better right I mean I don't actually disagree with that though but i i think that it's it depends on the specific context that it's in right so like my best friend chad looks like a jewish version a version of justin timberlake Mm. um and which i i guess i can't really make that reference as much now that we know as much as we know about justin timberlake being an utter piece of shit so never mind chad looks like chad um (laughs) and uh so he and I, Chad used to live in San Francisco. I grew up in San Francisco. Tech people ruined San Francisco. And they also happen to not know how to dress themselves. Um, so whenever Chad and I would go out and we would, you know, try to meet women in the very, very, very small dating pool that is San Francisco, we had to separate ourselves from all of the rich tech guys by being the best dressed, most interesting people there. Mm. So we would go out in San Francisco in three-piece suits and we would just be absurd. Like we are two sides of a very, very outgoing coin. And um, we would tear it up because we were, you know, we looked great and we were interesting and fun and charming and charismatic. So I do think this social currency thing, like it goes two ways. Like the amount of money, money's always going to matter. Looks are always going to matter. Stupid, dumb, egoic shit like that is always going to matter. But I do think that the, like the thing that I have gotten more second dates with than anything is the fact that like, I do have a lot of really great stories. Like I'm a good storyteller. I I've had a lot of crazy shit happen in my life. And I'm like really honest and vulnerable about those experiences and that those stories. Well, I mean, then that's Um, why your TikTok is like taken off. Cause you, I mean, you are talking to men about like how, if you just talk like about something that you're interested in. Yeah. Like that makes you interesting to someone. Yes, but you also have to be a little bit specific about what those things that you're interested in are. Because like right. I, there, there, there are certain like there are certain things people are allowed to like what they like, but there are certain things that are red flags, in my opinion. Okay, wait, I wait, don't wait. need. I know I have to hear one. 
I just like anime is a huge red flag for me. Mm-hmm. Anime is a huge red flag for me, especially when like I think anything where people get to the level of certain and like fandoms in general, like Star Wars is a huge fucking red flag for me now in 2022. Star Wars also needs to fucking die, but that's a whole other separate conversation. Like, just let it die, Disney. Once John Williams dies, no more Star Wars. Mm. That's it. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. I, I think that's fair. It's over. We're done. But yeah. like, anytime anyone bases their personality off of a single thing, like people who base their personality off of The Office or liking coffee, anything like that, if you can't diversify your likes outside of that one specific thing, that is. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. You can't like yeah. just have be singular. Yeah. Be yes. Singular. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's gonna be harder to find someone if you are being singular right. too. And I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about like liking what you like and finding people within those communities that you can also share those share those things with, right? Yeah. That that's super important. I just the, to me specifically, like I see a lot of young men. Um, there's one in particular that I'm thinking of in my own life where like he listens, he listened to Joe Rogan and Joe Jordan Peterson a lot. And I pulled them aside and like fully unsolicited was like, if you ever want a girl to touch your penis, stop right now, stop listening to the shit. Never repeat a single thing that you ever heard from them here are better resources. And I, I offered them the endless honeymoon podcast and the Pete Holmes podcast, which I think is fucking fantastic yeah pete holmes is i i, I personally think that pete, pete holmes is one of the most important men in 2022 who does not get enough attention specifically because of like have you seen crashing his show on hbo yeah it's so good it's so good alex you have to watch it because okay. like the way they the way they deal with him deconstructing his Christian upbringing and all of the experiences that he withheld from himself by keeping himself in that tiny little box of fear that he existed in. Like one of the jokes he makes on a very regular basis is that he did not masturbate at all growing up because he was worried that the rapture would happen while he was doing it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And he's very open and and honest about that. I, I think that that's another like, huge conversation to be had is like because and like i think that he is such an incredible resource because like his podcasts are also two three hours long Mm -hmm. and he's like the the one the ones with moshe kasher is my favorite comedian the ones he does with moshe kasher because the two of them are like really the 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 different spectrum of like the potential like moshe kasher as they refer to the as pete holmes refers to him is a sex guy and pete holmes is like i've had sex with three people in my entire life guy and it's so and they're really good friends it's so interesting hearing them talk together um about their different experiences and like it you know how moshe kasher gained validation and and like self-worth from having sex with strangers and how Pete Holmes didn't masturbate until he was like in his twenties because he was worried about the rapture. Right. Um, and, and like, you know, pulling out those little bits of trauma and the tapestries of his life that made him the way that he is in order for him to like be a fully fledged feeling human being in 2022. <clears throat> and see, that's the thing, like exactly what you said. That's the thing we're missing for, I feel like for men anyway, I mean like women yeah. get this stuff all the time. And this is like all the things that we talk about. And we're always trying to do like, self-care and self-improvement but there's like none of that for men it feels like no there's just fuck bitches and get money right like there's this whole ecosystem i actually saw a really interesting tiktok the other day about how andrew tate ended up getting as big as he was and basically he went on all these like Fortnite streamers oh my god full of 14 to 17 year old boys and they like heard him talking about his Bugatti and all this shit and then he just went boom skyrocketed like that so I mean, I'm just going to copy his fucking playbook and take his audience. <laughs> Wait, can't, but can you? Because I'm, like, uh, if I can, o- if I can scared. overcome my, my insane ADHD brain and actually gain some executive function to be able to take that out o- to do that. Yeah. That's the, that's the plan. It's like, I, I, you know, this all happened really quickly. Like I blew up last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm now scrambling like, Oh fuck all the things that I said I was going to do when I have a platform I got to fucking do right now. Cause I haven't done them until now. So like, 
I'm trying to build like a fucking Shopify website. I have an OnlyFans that I launched, which <laughs> link in my Instagram bio. What What are you doing on you? So it's a, it's a lot of thirst traps. Like I will do paper like PPV of like the fun stuff, but I do not want to get dropped from my modeling agency. Mm-hmm. So as of now, it's going to be a lot of like like real skimpy underwear thirst traps and BTS from photo shoots and some sing- shirtless singing videos. Um, and once I know for sure that my agency is not going to drop me doing OnlyFans, then I will start doing more things. The original plan was to have it be totally my the name I have is on it is Thirstradonis, uh, which is also my Twitter account, um, because I was going to like be super secretive and do a lot of like really X rated stuff because uh, I figured I would make more money that way. But now I'm like, well. I actually, uh, one of my subscribers on there, I'm doing a phone call with them later this week to talk about their, uh, you know, to talk about polyamory and whether or not it might be an option for them, something mm. like that. So like, I'm actually going to try to try to use the platform, like obviously to be a thirsty little hoe, um, but also to, to have it be more of like a subscription-based service for like body positivity, um, relationship anarchy, lessons about polyamory, um, and honestly, just like general relationship advice as well. I'd love for men to be able to talk about their feelings. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like the thing that I, Brene Brown is one of my favorite writers. The gift of the gifts of imperfection is one of the most important books I've ever read. And I, I think that one of the things that she says in her original Ted talk about like male vulnerability and how, you know, men are so genuinely terrified to show any shred of feelings to their wives, their children, their partner, the other people that depend on them because they need to give that, that allure of strength. Um, I understand the fear of that vulnerability, but if it metastasizes to the point where you either traumatize your family or traumatize yourself mm-hmm. to the point where you do something terrible to yourself, your spouse, or one of your children is not worth it, right? Yeah. Like better to take the leap and let them see you in a weak point. And if they decide that that's not something they want to see, well, then that's their fucking loss and you move on. Yeah. But like, like my father's 91 years old. He had PTSD before we knew what PTSD was. And knowing that in context of the like shit that happened when I was a kid, like I love my father. He's a really good man. He cannot write. Well, he can now, but he could not regulate his anger when he was younger. And he threw a salad bowl through a bay window in my house when I was a kid. And that was like, that was the closest thing I ever saw to emotion from my father. Right. Yeah. Angry. You know, the the only time I ever saw him cry is he threw me into a wall once when I was 10 years old. And then when I hit my head against it and he realized what he'd done. And again, I love my father. My father is a good man. This is, this was a very bad momentary lapse in judgment. And I, I shockingly enough, I am not traumatized by this moment. Uh, Cause I don't know. This this is like a whole weird thing. Um, But like he realized what he had done instantly and like genuinely started crying, not in a like, you know, not in a manipulative gaslighting way, but like he actually like saw what he did and the fear in my eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like, then then that, that behavior never ever manifested itself ever again. Right. And like, um, you know, I see, I see a lot of fathers who aren't prepared to be fathers and a lot of people who are passing on generational curses to their children because they don't have the, emotional wherewithal to know what they need as a human being and they had kids because t- they thought it would save them but like yeah it, it you know I, i'm a me- I, i'm a member of this psychedelic community here in new york city and there's a lot of parents in the group and i am so amazed by them and i feel so jealous of their children that they have parents who are willing to do this intense work on the scale to which they do and that they are like dealing with their own ego attachments and the stories that they tell themselves and the people that they thought they were versus who they really are and are untangling that work and are not passing all of that trauma down to their children is truly incredible to me. Um, well, and so, that's, what, that's what you can do. Yeah. 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 On a I don't know how scale. it's, 
on a larger scale, for sure, the fact that my followers are 91% women is maybe not exactly this. Like, believe me, that's definitely the follower count that I want selfishly. But in terms of getting my message out to men, right. definitely makes that more challenging. So I have to figure out how to even that out a little bit. Um, but like, I'm going to, I have a podcast coming. I have hot fat guy club is going to like be a real thing soon. It's just like, all of this is going to take time. Cause I was yeah. unprepared for this. Yeah. To pop off. Like you said, a week and a half ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gotta give yourself yeah. grace. Yeah. I'm not, it's going to happen. I'm not worried about it again. I'm waiting for that John Hamm moment. I've, <laughs> I've done work in enough places. Something's going to break. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. joining us. Y'all are so welcome. Thanks for having me. We'll definitely have to do a follow-up episode sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I love a male perspective. I mean, I think it really, I mean, like what Nikki said halfway through the show, it's just, I don't think we thought we'd have the same experiences, to be honest. No. Yeah. No. What, did you, what experiences did you think I was going to have? Like, what were you guys expecting? Oh, just that it's so much easier. Like, mm-hmm. so much, like that you'd, like, that you'd never been hidden because why would a person hide? Like, you oh, know, why we didn't even, we didn't talk, we didn't about, talk that. about that. No, Let's didn't. talk about that. So, yeah. So I, um, it's funny. I had completely forgotten about that because I had just like put it in a box and put it away. And my, my, my best friend, Tom mentioned it to me a couple months ago. I don't remember exactly why or in what context, but when I was in college specifically, every girl that I hooked up with and, or was dating was like, you can't tell anyone it's a secret like and I'm and it didn't it didn't make sense to me until much until it didn't make sense to me until my first year getting a master's in 2015 when I was living in San Francisco and I at my heaviest nearly 400 pounds somehow started dating a a ballet dancer from San Francisco ballet Mm. which was like is this fucking real is this a joke what the fuck is happening here I, 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 so this is where the Peking duck story comes in. Okay. All of this is going to tie together. I promise. Welcome to my ADHD brain. <laughs> Ballet dancer girl and I played this whole game of cat and mouse for a while. Like, do we like each other? Do like, I, I knew I liked her. Does she like me? I don't know. Da, 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 da. We go on. We finally, like we, f- we finally kissed this one night. We're sitting in my car in Chrissy field in San Francisco. I finally kiss her and she fucking leaps out of her seat on top of me in the driver's seat, like as if there was a rocket in her ass. It was unbelievable. And we're fooling around in the car, doing this, doing that. It was like one of the most validating experiences of my entire life of like, is th- this, this person actually wants me the fuck. And the next day from the high of that night to the instant depression valley the next day of my brain being like fuck you that was a joke she's setting you up to fail she's going to make you feel all excited and it's going to rip the fucking rug out from underneath you it's a practical joke none of it is real and like my depression monster was just beating me with a baseball bat with nails through it and i was living back in california at the time so i decided to get in my car go on a drive i went to the dispensary in oakland i got bought a shit ton of weed i started walking around lake Merritt, getting high as shit and then i went to chinatown in oakland and i bought an entire peking duck for myself and i took it home and i ate that whole fucking duck every single fucking bite of it every every ounce of the 10,000 ounces of fat that was in that thing went to sleep that night, woke up the next day and my insides felt like Mount fucking doom. I felt so miserable and so horrible that hold it that whole next day, because I literally just sent myself into this like shame spiral for no fucking reason because I had, you know, I, I, I had this, these, like, tr- these experiences of, of people, you know, setting me up to tear me down. And it ended up being a real thing for a time. And I remember we were hanging out with all of her coworkers from San Francisco Ballet at the bar they always used to hang out with. And she's like sitting on my lap, playing with my hair, making out with me in front of everyone. And that was the first time that had ever fucking happened in any relationship, situationship, hookup, anything that I had ever been a part of. And for that to have been the thing, I remember like processing that afterward of like, oh my God, this person like actually is is okay with being seen in public with me and doing things and like being around the people that she works with and that are in her life versus 
all these women in college that were like, no one can know I'm sleeping with you because it's so shameful that I'm sleeping with the fat guy. Like, oh, oh, no one can like, oh, no, nobody can know. Nobody can know. Always the secret guy, which was such fucking bullshit and so traumatizing. Like what, what? So you can, you can do this, but you, I'm your dirty little disgusting secret. Mm -hmm. What the, like, what the fuck does that say to me? Mm -hmm. Now, a funny part of that story is this one girl uh, who I, my, my senior year in college that I really, really liked. And she did me so dirty. Um, uh, even before, like, even before the, even before this happened, just like a lot of like, just dangling the carrot in front of me. And like, this is before I was into non-monogamy, polyamory and all that. I remember we were laying in bed and there was this guy that she actually really liked. And like, we had just finished having sex and she's texting this other guy. No. And I was like, can you not text this guy in my bed, please? Like, of course now I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd be like, Ooh, send a picture. <laughs> um, tell them to come over. But like at that point, at that time, I was like, ah, what do you do? Like, ah, that hurts. What the fuck? And um, the, the funny part of that story is when we were uh, we were in a show together at school and my birthday was the day the costume department gave everyone their all the women their corsets because it was a period drama and in operas like if you have to sing in a corset you have to pre- you have to rehearse singing in the corsets you can yeah. fucking do it and um, let's just say all the men were very distracted on corset day and we were we were staging a scene and I was uh, I was staring at the girl I had been hooking up with boobs and I was so distracted and the director was like hey alex quit staring at your girlfriend's boobs and in a moment of just like not even thinking i just went oh she's not my girlfriend we're just fucking (laughs) oh my god (laughs) what did she say (laughs) oh she was real mad (laughs) everyone fucking knew anyway yeah everybody fucking knew anyway it was so obvious but she was so dead set on it being her shameful little secret that no one could ever know about it was ridiculous. So weird. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I think in my mind, I'm like, it's so weird to me that a woman would be weirded. I don't know. I, yeah. It just doesn't compute for me. Like It I happened mean- three years of undergrad. It happened five separate times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Granted, in my adult life, it hasn't happened that often because it, you know, that yeah. context doesn't exist the same, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that shit was fucked up. <laughs> that was like, it, 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 I didn't realize how fucked up it was. They were like, I, I, you know, like, I'll use you, I'll use you for attention, entertainment, and an orgasm, mm-hmm. but I don't want anyone else to know um, because you're a disgusting piece of shit is what it made me feel like. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. Which was also not great considering the amount of like, time and effort that I was putting into those relationships too. And I, you know, as fucked up as that is, like, I, no, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't empathize with it at all, Mm-mm. but I, how, but I do understand how other men could have those experiences and not have the emotional aptitude to deal with it in a healthy way that doesn't end with them just resenting all women. Yeah. Um, Especially if they don't like, who are they talking to about it? Right. Nobody. Right. They're friends on Xbox. Right. They're, they're buddies on 4chan. Mm. And then you just hate all women. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. So depressing. Yeah. But we're, we're doing the work to try to fix it. So I don't know. I think that's one of the really, like, especially for your listeners, like even if you're not interested in getting into polyamory or ethical non-monogamy, I do think that the resources that exist within that space are just as valuable to a monogamous person versus a non-monogamous person, because in order to sustain a polyamorous relationship, the level of communication has to be so honest and so vulnerable. Mm. Um, Cause that is, the only way it's possible you few if it all falls apart if we have secrets yeah um it all falls apart if we don't respect each other's boundaries it all falls apart if we don't communicate about what we're feeling why we're feeling it if we don't know why we're feeling it where it's coming from da 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 
So some really good resources. Polysecure is a fantastic book. There is an account on Instagram called Shrimp Teeth. That is fantastic. Um, they have a, another account called Lobster Fangs. It's more about art, but has a lot of the same principles. Um, and then there's a zine called I, I Want This So Much I Could Die. Hold on. I was going to say, is it something else with shellfish? Because yeah. No. Love Without Emergency. Okay. Love Without Emergency is a fantastic resource, especially as like an introductory. Um, We've actually heard this because we did a fat chat with one of our listeners who was into um, polyamory. Well, what mm-hmm. was that site that she went on? Oh, Fat Life. Yeah, Fat Life. Oh yeah. yeah. Fat she Life said it was a... just like nice that like people are so open and honest about what they're looking for. She's like, I've never been um, on a dating site that's like, I mean, and Fat Life isn't always dating, right? Isn't it like? It's if you can imagine it, it's fat, it's on there. Yeah. So yeah. I think she was just like, it's just very like nice that everyone is very honest about what they want. And if you don't want that, they're like, okay, bye. You know, yeah. like, it's not like you're getting that anger um, yeah. that you usually get. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like that's the one thing that the gay community really has, a, uh, uh, has the straight speed on is like, this is what I want. This is what I'm into. This is what I'm not into. This is when I'm available. Are you cool with this? No. Next. Yeah. Which like, like, you know, being that, that level of directness, especially at like the very beginning of the conversation, like might feel a little weird, but like, why waste your time? You know, I I saw a very funny TikTok about that where it was like the, you know, the gays are like, yeah, I like, uh, (laughs) I like anal puppy play this, 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 this. Whereas, you know, two straight people go on a date. It's like, yeah, I like pineapple on my pizza. That's true. Do you like basketball? I like basketball. Do you like the color green? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's um, definitely something that's <laughs> yeah. been asked of me. Um, <laughs> I know. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. You're so welcome. Much. Thanks where for can, having me. Where can people find you so that they know? Uh, my Twitter is Thurstradamus. My TikTok and my Instagram are both Alex Frankel, the lion haired. There is a link to my OnlyFans on my Instagram bio. There is no nudity on there yet, but. Someday. Oh, if you pay extra for it, you can have it. But uh, I just can't, I just can't have anyone from my modeling agency go on there and see my balls. Not yet. Not Not yet. That's behind a paywall. Exactly. (laughs) exactly <laughs> well thank you so much this is super enlightening i'm sure we will have you back again so yes thank wonderful you so much. thank you both this was so much fun y'all are wonderful keep fighting the good fight and hopefully we can help fix some men we'll talk all soon right. all right thanks y'all bye. have a good night bye. bye follow along with us on instagram and tiktok at swipe that and if you're not a part of our private facebook group join that too just search swipe that podcast And if you love us, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review.